0: My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors. I'm glad you're here today. Uh, we are really passionate about Lakeside Church, or at Lakeside Church, about being connected to one another. We've got these mid-sized groups, and you'll see if you look at Lakeside Life, a lot of mid-sized groups are coming up. They're all based on life stage, and where are we in life, and things like that. And what we look for for that for you is that you would just find one that go, oh, it sort of fits my life. It doesn't have to be exact. You know, it's like, whatever. Come and join us for one of those things. There's a lot of them coming up in the next few or few weeks. And I just, we just hope that you'll join one and get connected to other people through that. All right? So check them out and uh, plug in where it relates to you. Well, another way that we want to be connected to one another, this maybe doesn't help you as much as it helps us, but in our staff and the leadership of the church, it helps us to know who's here. And so we've got a connect card in the chair pocket right in front of you, and we'd like it if somebody from your household would fill out one of those cards. Would you do that for us? Should I take silence as non-compliance? No, do one of those for us, and then if you just put it in the offering basket, it just helps us know who's here and how we can care for people and stuff like that. So we'd love it if you do that for us, okay? All right, we're going to talk about a mystery today. There's this mystery in the Bible, and uh, it it goes along these lines. If I follow Jesus, Jesus follows me. It's a mystery. It's the strangest thing because we talk a lot about being followers of Jesus. Like, we need to follow Jesus. We don't really think that he needs to follow us. But the truth is, and the mystery is... If I follow Jesus, he decides to follow me. From the moment I decide to follow Jesus, he decides to follow me. He goes with me where I am. Here's how the Apostle Paul said it when he wrote about it in his letter to the Colossians in chapter 1, verse 27. He said, to the Lord's people, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Which is a lot of words to get to where he's trying to go. So let me shorten that down a little bit and get, and get where he's trying to go. To the Lord's people, God shows this mystery. Here's the mystery. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Like... Like, because Christ is in you, there is a hope of glory. Because Christ is in you, there is a hope for your future. Because Christ is in you, something different is going to be about your life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Christ in you, that means that wherever you go, Christ is going with you. If you follow Jesus, Jesus follows you. And you don't have to ask him. You don't have to invite him. You can't even tell him, don't come. If you follow Jesus, Jesus follows you and he follows you everywhere you go. So we've been asking the question over the last several weekends now. This is our last weekend in the series. We've been asking the question, where's Jesus going today? And the answer that we've learned together over these weeks has been, well, wh- wherever I'm going, that's where Jesus is going. Uh, if I'm going to the store, Jesus is going to the store. If I'm going to the work, to work, Jesus is going to work. If I'm going to the to the Uh, playground, Jesus is going to the playground. doesn't matter. Wherever I'm going, Jesus is going. I want to add another question to that question. Where's Jesus going today? I want to ask also this question. Which Jesus? Not just, you know, where's Jesus going today, but which Jesus is going there with you? Because we have all these different ideas about Jesus and frankly, everybody who met Jesus in this, when he was on this planet, walking around in a physical body, everyone who met him uh, found that he was something that they weren't expecting. Everybody expected the Messiah to come. Everybody did in Israel. Like the Messiah is coming, we're watching for him. Everybody expected him. But when Jesus came, nobody expected him to be like that. Nobody expected him to go to have lunch with a tax collector because everyone hated tax collectors, and the Messiah certainly wouldn 't go there, but he did. nobody expected him to be the grand marshal in a great parade in the capital city of Jerusalem. Nobody expected him to come down the, the main road riding on a donkey king 's ride on donkeys uh, king 's ride on horses, servants ride on donkeys. nobody expected the Messiah to do that. nobody expected the Messiah. Uh, especially Jesus, when they saw him, they didn't expect him to ride into town, into Jerusalem, and everybody's starting to shout and sing praises to him, and like, long live King Jesus. Nobody expected that when he came into town, but it happened. Nobody expected they would go into the temple, and when he got in the they, they expected they would go in the temple, because everybody went in the temple, but nobody expected that when he went in the temple, he would overthrow their way of life there. Nobody expected that when the Messiah came, he would mess up everybody's way of life. He would turn it upside down. Nobody expected that. We've looked at several stories in the last few weeks about the, that, about the life of Jesus. And they all come from the Gospel of Luke. And today we're going to get to the last few days, the last week of Jesus' life on earth. He spent most of the last three years traveling around in Galilee. He'd been to Jerusalem a few times over those years, but mostly he was up in Galilee. And he, as he was there, he kept having these interactions with people. He would heal people and he would teach people. And then he had these engagements with a group called the Pharisees. And they were often opposed to what he was doing. Because he wasn't what they expected. And now he arrives in Jerusalem, the capital city where the temple is. And now he's with the religious big shots in Jerusalem. I, I, I call them guardians of the temple. Or, or if, you, if you will, guardians of the galaxy of the temple. I mean, right? Because they, they got to protect everything. They're the ones like, this is our way of life and this is how it works. And they're going to guard it and defend it and protect it. They were known as elders and chief priests and experts in the law. They were the guardians of the galaxy of the temple. And they clashed with Jesus because he was not what they expected. And their confrontation led to a string of questions that they asked him and eventually that he asked them. And the questions and the answers show you how little people expected Jesus to be like what he actually was. See, Jesus came as somebody that nobody expected. Jesus came as somebody that nobody expected. Now, we've got to take that into our own lives and go, well, while I expect Jesus. I expect him to be in my life. I expect him to go with me where I go this, today, this week. I expect that. Yeah, but when Jesus came, he was somebody that nobody expected. So what does that look like for us and how we relate to him? And how we follow Him and how we find that He follows us. When the Messiah actually came, nobody expected that He would call Himself greater than the temple. Because the temple was the greatest thing they had. When the Messiah came, nobody expected that He would call Himself greater than the temple way of life. When the Messiah came, nobody expected that He would call Himself greater than the elders, greater than the guardians. And when the Messiah came, nobody expected that he would be greater than their fears. But he was. Jesus came as the Messiah. And Jesus goes with us wherever we go. For followers of Jesus, Jesus follows us. But which Jesus? Because he's invisible. Have you noticed that? you don't see him right you don't see him he's invisible and so when 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 a thing or a person is invisible you sort of feel like your your mind has the freedom to to imagine what he's like and there are hundreds of us in the room today and it's like we have hundreds of imaginations about what jesus is like but remember when he first came he was somebody that nobody expected so how close is my imagination to what jesus actually is Sometimes we think we know Jesus, and we go, oh, I know what he's like. And you find out another story, and you go, oh, that's not exactly what I expected. Or you think, you think this is what Jesus is like, and someone says, well, he's, he's not really like that. You go, well, he should be. I mean, who better, who better than us to tell Jesus who he should be? We, we do that with the Bible. Have you noticed that? People, sometimes people will come to me, probably no one will talk to me after this, after in the lobby ever again, after I tell you this. But um, people come in the lobby to me, sometimes they go, Pastor Brad, Pastor Brad, I was reading the verse in the Bible, and it was, it was this beautiful verse, and I can't find it anymore. Can you tell me where it is? And they'll, they'll tell me what it is, and, you know, I've, like, studied the Bible a bit, and so they'll, like, tell me where that verse is in the Bible, and then I'll, I'll as politely as possible, say, you know, I, that, it's not in there. They're like, no, I was reading it. When I was reading my Bible, I, was, and I read this thing. It's in there. Tell me where it is. I'm like, mm, it's not in there. They go, well, it should be. <laughs> Why? Because who, who knows better what the Bible should be than us? Jesus came as somebody that nobody expected. People do that with pastor's sermons. Do you know this? No, every now and then, not any of you, it's, it's more the five o'clockers on Saturday that do this. <laughs> no, people come up to me in the lobby, they'll, no, I've, this has happened several times, like, hey, you know, Pastor Brad, when you, when you talked about this, you know, you gave this sermon about two or three years ago or something, you, 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 you said this, and it changed my life, and every now and then I'm like, man, I wish I said that, that's great. <laughs> I don't know where you got that, but That's great. But sometimes I'll go, Pastor Brad, you know, you gave that message a while ago, and, and you said this, you know, and it changed my life, and, and I'm dying inside, because inside of me, I'm going, number one, I didn't say that. Number two, I don't believe that. Number three, that's heresy. <laughs> but it changed your life, you know. Ooh, you know? I, don't, I don't know what to do with that. Well, if you, know, and, and like, well if, if you didn't say it, well, you should have said it, you know. And we do that same thing with Jesus. We we get ideas about who Jesus is. We have expectations about Jesus, who Jesus is, and then we find out maybe he's not like that. And we go, well, he should be. Jesus came as somebody nobody expected. We have this beautiful song that we sing these days in church. We. You know, we're always bringing new songs into our repertoire. And um, every now and then we do a new song and I go, oh, that's my new favorite one. And there's this song we've been doing lately. It's called Who You Say I Am. We're actually going to sing it today. And it's going to be the last song we do together today. Who You Say I Am. Here's the lyrics. Here's some of the lyrics to this song. I love this. If you're a follower of Christ, I think this will resonate in your soul. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me. I was lost but he brought me in. Oh his love for me. Oh his love for me. Who the sun sets free. Oh is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes I am. In my father's house there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes I am. And here's the bridge. I am chosen not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. It's such an anthem to God's grace to us, where He says, This is who you are. You are forgiven and redeemed and welcomed and accepted by God. And I go, Amen, right on, hallelujah. I am who you say I am. It's beautiful. But sometimes I fear we take that song and we sort, of flip, we sort of flip it around. We get a little confused about how it goes and what it's supposed to be about. And, we, and, we, and, and we, we change the lyrics on it. And we go, God, you are who I say you are. And you know, when I say it in here, you go, well, no, no you can't do that. Well, no, you can't do that. But that doesn't stop us from doing that. We want to, we want to define God as we want him to be but God is not who we define him to be. He is who he is. He just straight up is who he is, but he's not who we always expected. If you have your Bible, uh, I'd love to have you open it up. We're going to look at a little story in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we've got some you know, on the ways out. If you want to pick one up, you can have one of those. Or just on your smartphone, open up this app called YouVersion. And it's got several translations of the Bible in there. And we we put some notes in there under the events section. And you'll find Lakeside Church with today's date on it. And you can follow along with that if you want. You can just listen to the story. Here's the story Luke chapter 20, verse 1. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us by what authority you're doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will also ask you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, all the people will stone us because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered, "Uh, we, we don't know where it was from. Jesus said, hmm, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. (laughs) see jesus had done some things that kind of messed with the guardians of the temple right he came down he came down the hill from the mount of olives into the city of jerusalem people were shouting long live king jesus and the guardians are like no 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 nobody gets to decide who's the king but us we're the ones who have temple authority and then he comes into town, he goes in the temple, he looks around, he sees there's all these merchants there, and they're requiring people, when they give their sacrifices, their animal sacrifices, they've got to they've pay the temple price. They could have brought their own land, but no, they've got to buy one from the temple. They've got to pay extra money to get that one. It was a racket. Jesus came in, he says, this is not going to happen. My father's house is to be a house of prayer. This is not going to happen. And he throws them out. And the guardians of the temple and the guardians of the way of uh, the temple way of life come to Jesus. They go, uh, Jesus, you know, whose authority are you doing that by? In other words, who do you think you are? And Jesus sets up the thing about John the Baptist, like, what, you know, what was his authority? And they couldn't decide because they were frightened. And so he goes, I'm not telling. Figure it out. And that leads to a series of questions and, and a story so that leads into a story that Jesus tells about a vineyard and and the the landowner of this vineyard rents it out to tenants, and the tenants don't handle it well and they they uh, wound some of the servants that come in the, in the name of the landowner who want to be paid their rent, his rent and they, and they injure some and they kill some and then the landowner sends his son and he says surely they'll take care of my son but they kill the son and throw him out of the vineyard they think I got the vineyard that's not how it works and the guardians of the temple knew that Jesus told that story about them they were the bad guys in the story and they knew it. And so now they're trying, to, they're trying to expose Jesus as a fake. So they keep asking them a string of questions. But every time they ask a question, Jesus answers their questions in ways they did not expect. Why? Because Jesus was somebody who nobody expected. Not even the guardians of the temple expected him to be like that. They go through all this conversation, all these questions that you can read Uh, in Luke chapter 20. And you find out that the the guardians of the temple, the guardians of religious life in Israel, they had a view of the Messiah who was supposed to come. And Jesus didn't fit that view. They had a box that the Messiah was supposed to fit into, but Jesus didn't fit that box. And so they're pretty convinced that he's not the Messiah because he doesn't fit the box that the Messiah is supposed to fit in. When they asked questions about taxes, he didn't fit the box. When they asked questions about the resurrection, he didn't fit the box. When they asked questions about heaven, he didn't fit the box. When Jesus asked them questions about the Messiah, they couldn't answer and he still didn't fit their box. Jesus came as somebody nobody expected, but he came as Messiah. He came as Christ. And he surprised them. And he surprises us. We have a rallying cry. We're rallying together around these days. It says, let's go further. Let's go further with Christ. Let's do something more with Christ. In our own relationship with him and in our church with him, in our reading of his scriptures where it describes who he is, in our relationships with our neighbors and our community outside, let's go further. And at Christmas, you, you, if you were with us on Christmas Eve, you, you may remember we gave that offering for this family up in paradise who lost everything in the fire. And we had at the doors, we built these boxes. And they say in the front, they say the rallying cry, let's go further. And we put a box at every one. We said, if you want to give an offering for that family, do do it. Put it in the box. And it was remarkable and how much money this family received and, and what's going to happen with them. Just amazing. And it's like, yeah, let's go further. But I started thinking about it this week. I'm like, we've got these boxes. And they go, let's go further. They say, let's go further. But they can mislead us. Or they can represent something else about us that says, we're just like the guardians of the temple. We say to Jesus the Messiah, we go, Jesus, we got a box for you. It's about this size. It's about this tall. And and would you mind just staying in it? Because we need you to stay in the box. And we really won't, we, we want to go further with you, but only if you fit in the box. And then you find out that Jesus doesn't fit in anybody's box. But he shows up. He shows up right into our world. We hosted the... We hosted the uh, winter shelter uh, the last couple weeks it ended ended here at Lakeside last Sunday but now now it's moved to another church. Uh but we, we, we and other churches in our community have been hosting the homeless, our homeless neighbors from our community uh, over the winter, over the cold, wet months of the winter. We've been housing them in the church. And so for two weeks, we got to host the winter shelter here at Lakeside, and, and, the, and the guests would come in. They'd be in the lobby, and we'd serve them. And so there'd be all these volunteers from small groups from Lakeside that would serve dinner to them. And some of us came in and just sat down and had dinner and had conversations with them. It was amazing, and Jesus showed up there. But not always in ways we expected. Like Jesus showed up, Jesus showed up one night and he he looked like like a 18 or 19 year old homeless guy. And I don't I don't know. I, I don't know how it goes with teenagers, but they seem to not be able to get up early in the morning. You know this? And here's this here's this homeless guy. He looked like Jesus, but he couldn't get up in the morning. And we had this this other guy who showed up. Jesus showed up, and this other guy, his name's Tony, but he looked like Jesus. He was one of our volunteers from Lakeside, and we didn't have anybody to make coffee. And so he came in and and learned how to brew coffee in our big brewers. Uh, And he learned how to brew coffee so he could come every day for 14 days in a row at 5.30 in the morning to brew coffee for homeless people. Because he thought... Who in the world wants to leave a, a, a warm shelter at 6.40 in the morning without a cup of coffee? Well, he found out there's this, there's this 18 or 19-year-old homeless guy, and he has, this guy's having trouble getting up in the morning, early, you know, early enough to get out the door and stuff. And so here's Tony, who looks a lot like Jesus, and he decides, I'm going to not only brew coffee, but I'm going to take a cup of coffee to this guy in bed every day. They're sleeping right here in the auditorium, right where you're sitting. And Tony comes in every day and gives this guy a cup of coffee so he'd be able to get up in the morning. That looks an awful lot like Jesus. There was another way that Jesus showed up during those weeks. There was a, there was a man that showed up. He was homeless. He came in and, you know, he, he had some issues. He looked a little rough. And I'm, I'm like, how, how many hours would it take me to be homeless before I looked a little rough? came in he looked a little rough we found out that he he liked oatmeal like he liked oatmeal a lot and he liked lots of oatmeal it wasn't very many days before he ate us out of house and oatmeal oatmeal's gone and and so but this this other couple was there and they look like Jesus too and their names are Dan and Diane and they and they were there when we ran out of oatmeal and they knew that tomorrow morning there's not going to be any oatmeal for this guy who looks like Jesus but he likes oatmeal So they ran out to Sam's club and bought Sam's Club box like size boxes of oatmeal and brought it back that night so that the next morning this man who looked like Jesus would have oatmeal. And Jesus showed up in another man. He was kind of a tall guy and kind of kept people at a distance. He cracked jokes and stuff just to kind of keep people away a little bit, keep keep his distance from everybody. But Jesus showed up and a woman who was there, her name was Katie. Katie brought in her art supplies with her, paints and clay and things like that. She went around after dinner and she, she said to the guests, she's like, would you, would you like to do an art project with me? Would you like to do some art things? And she's asking everybody, she's gathering people around, this one guy, he, he decides he's going to do art with her. And there's Katie and she's helping this guy who looks like Jesus do an art project. And she listened to his story of loss and pain for hours that night. Jesus showed up in another man who came with a smartphone with music on it. And he had his own little personal, like, portable speaker sitting on the table. He kept playing R&B Jesus songs for us. (laughs) Actually, one song. (laughs) Over and over. He really liked it, you know. It's this Jesus song. He goes, let me play my Jesus song for you. He's playing his Jesus song. And now this guy had some, he had some scary tattoos. Uh, You can, you know, a lot of you guys have tattoos, but they're not mostly scary ones. He had some scary ones. He may or may not have had like devil horns tattooed on the top of his head. It was odd how he looked like Jesus. One night he came in and he was not moving very well and we found out that he had broken ribs because he'd been in a fight the day before. But Jesus showed up that night in the form of an ER doctor named Kevin who's a lakesider who was here not to do doctor work. He was here to show people where the showers were and to be able to pass out towels and whatever needs to be happening for the showers but he found out that this man had broken ribs and so he treated his ribs and then he, then he came back a few nights later when he was not scheduled to volunteer but he came back with supplies to be able to bandage that guy up and to bind his wounds and to make his ribs not ache so badly. And which one of those people was Jesus. And when you go out today and you go to the places you go this week and Jesus goes with you, which Jesus is going with you? Jesus, I pray for us today. You always surprise me. And I pray that the surprise would change, that the nature of the surprise would change, Lord, as you begin to work through me and you practice loving other people through me. And Lord, sometimes those people, they're the least of these. They're they're the ones without a home, but they can look just like you. And sometimes I'm the guy with a home but Jesus, I'd like to look just like you. And I'd like, frankly, to look like Kevin or Katie or Dan and Diane or Tony. I'd like to look like them. And I would love it, Lord, if our whole church looked like them who moved out into this world, into places where we always go, where we regularly go, but we move out into this world. And when we get there, people recognize you in us because you go with us. Or would, would you do that in us? Would you transform us so that we would look, would look like you? And we would engage this world in unexpected ways, and we would turn this upside world right side up in the name of Jesus. Amen.